What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? It's that time. It's Media Clash time. That's right. The Media Clash podcast. I'm your host, Wayne. As always, joined by... Paul. And we are going to talk about all the happenings and the things that we watch and the things that you should watch and play and, you know, all that kind of craziness. Uh, This week on the show... Uh, as always, we start with what we've been watching, what we've been playing. Uh, I it's been a real slow week for me. Uh, slow two weeks because we, we there was no show last week, um, and that was on me. Um, you know, still dealing with this leg injury and and everything, and so. Yeah, I haven't really been doing anything. Um, just the same old, same old. Um, not really playing anything. Still haven't gotten Shredder's Revenge. Need to get that. Uh, not sure if I want to just hold off and get it on the Switch as the only copy or get it on the PlayStation and the Switch and just have Tim sign my physical switch copy but that wouldn't be out until like i think i said august 31st is when amazon has it listed to go on like to be shipped it's like that's the pre-sale date so granted amazon pre-sale dates are tentative because uh there were I, i'm getting transformers figures tomorrow that weren't listed to come out until like november <laughs> and they just said up. Oh, They'll be out. No, I'm sorry, August. And they're like, "Oh no, we're they'll be there Friday." Um, video game wise, I went back and started playing a little more of the Shredder, Shredder's Revenge, and um, testing out the multiplayer aspect of it, which is kind of janky at times, but it it works. Now you can actually find people because originally for the longest time you would just sit there searching for a party and nothing will come up. Well, I mean, that's the problem with all video games with online components. The online stuff is nev- never works right because you can't test with a real what a real game environment would be. Well, my my guess is because it's such a it's an indie game and it's a small game, um, the cross play aspect of it probably broke and it was just. If you had crossplay, it was probably hard to find people. I don't know, man. It seems like even if it's a like it's a pretty well-known property. <laughs> like I, I think I, I don't know what the sales numbers are, but I'm pretty sure it sold a good bit. Oh, it sold. I'm sure it did great. But I mean, the game you can beat the game easily in less than an hour, and there's only two modes, and both modes is the exact same game. The arcade version is just. You get three lives. Yeah, it's a survival it. mode, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I played the Cuphead DLC. Finally came out after five years. Uh, Chalice. Fuck. What Miss was Chalice. I'm trying to think of the name of it. The Delicious. Yeah, Miss Chalice is the third character. Yeah. Delicious Last Course is the name of the DLC. And basically, they just made a new island with five new bosses. And then 
there's a challenge area called the King's uh, Court, I think it's called, where it's just basically there's five different levels and you got to parry. You don't have a shooting attack. You just have the parry attack and you just got to parry off of these off of these bosses. So technically, for like eight bucks, you get 10, 10 levels. Mm-hmm. And um, it's exactly like the regular Cuphead. Music's great. The animation, the old stuff old-timey uh cartoon cartoon look to it looks phenomenal the bosses are great um extremely rusty rushy ah rusty at cuphead because it's been five years since i played it and i can i couldn't even get past the first level like the first stage of a boss on simple because i was just trying to get used to the buttons and trying to get used to this. Um, these bosses are definitely a bit harder than the, than the actual game itself. But, um, yeah, it's awesome. For, for eight bucks, can't beat it. Like, if you're a fan of Cuphead, it's a definite buy. Yeah, from what I heard from people who played it, it was like, it's just too late. Like, it should have come out a long time ago. Yeah, the the creator basically came out and it's like yeah sorry this never came out but i'm not gonna run my fucking crew into the ground doing crunch time i'm gonna let them make it at their own pace i I, only in the video games industry do you not have to work over tom i love it like all the rest of us we have to work over tom but no, I mean, there's... You don't get to work over... You don't, you there's don't have plenty to work of, over Tom in, in, most, in video games. Most of those games, people are there. They don't even go home. They're there 24 hours trying to get that game fucking ready and for... And then they get, like, months upon months off. Like, that's what... Yeah, that's if they don't get laid off because the game doesn't sell well, I mean, what it should have been. That's, again... This is, like... I, w- I was listening to Colin and him, and they were talking about... Uh, like fandoms and and how they act, and I'm like, you know, you want to you just yell at like podcasters and other things, and it's like, brah, y'all are like drawing battle lines over commercial products. Like, they could give two shits about the artistic merit of what you're doing, what, what you're playing. All they care about is you. You bought it. They don't care if you play it or not. You bought it. That's all, like, video games are not art anymore. They're not these passion products anymore. Neil Druckmann is lying when he says that. Like, no. They are, like, bleeding The Last of Us dry for every drop they can. The factions thing that's now, like, a whole separate game. Yeah, because Sony's like, we want a live service game, and you're turning factions into one. That's what that is. That's why it's now become this, instead of just an add-on for The Last of Us 2, it's a whole thing on its own so that they can squeeze more money out of it. Well, PlayStation doesn't have, other than fucking God of War, they don't really have any exclusives anymore. Horizon... But did that sell just as good? Yeah. Did it? Yeah, it's the 
the the thing that I noticed and it, and other it's, people have noticed is like this is what's expected of you, so it's not special anymore. No. It's kind of like also one of those like oh like everybody complaining about God of War like oh it's the the the, the God of War twenty eighteen DLC. It's like yeah, it's more God of War. It's continuing the story. Every game does not have to innovate something. Like, what, what would what would be innovating? What could you do to innovate a God of War game? They're not just hack and slashes like the old ones. So I'm not, I definitely was not interested in in the newer one. I own it because I have a PlayStation Plus, but I've never played it. Speaking of which, the Ragnarok trailer came out a couple days ago. The yeah, the so you officially got a date. It's November, late November. I think it's like close to Thanksgiving. I thought it was eleven non. I thought yeah. it was like the ninth. I know it's in. I know it's, it's in, in November, it's but in I November. thought it, I think it was. Like, I think it's like maybe the beginning. Hmm. But I mean, it's again, it's not like the old ones. So I'm like, I have no. I'm like, I'm not really all that impressed. <laughs> it is coming out. Yep, November 9th. Okay. I'm guessing E3, they probably show. Dude, E3's gone. I mean, like, it would have been e- like Comic-Con if they do it. Com- maybe, but I mean, the only next biggest show would be the Game Awards, which is after that. Dude, they didn't make any pomp and circumstances about the, the date. When is Comic-Con? July, end of this month. Like, in, is it the end of like the month? 20, what, yeah, what I just said about Cody. Like, yeah, he's like, yeah. it was like the 21st, that weekend of July. I always thought there was like the weekend after the 4th. Usually it did come. No, I don't like, know. Yeah. But yeah, so it's like the last, probably like the second to last weekend. Yeah. It's like the weekend and then like a week and then the end of the month. One year I'm going to go. I got I got a hookup that I can get tickets. And then uh, go to that shit show of a fucking. Is no even really point like. Wait in line. Hall H doesn't... They don't have anything in Hall H anymore. Nobody goes. I don't give a shit about the panels. I'm not going to go to none of that shit. I, it's just the floor. Like the, the vendors and the... All that overpriced shit? Because you know they fuck. Hey, it gets the San Diego Comic Contacts on all them things. The... Um, the horror stories of people waiting like two or three hours... At a McDonald's, because it's just so fucking packed. Because there's San Diego is a big city, mm-hmm. but in that area, there's, there's not there's yeah. nothing. Yeah, because it's not meant to do. It's not meant for that kind of traffic yeah. during the rest of the year. It's it's like it's like downtown. I was sitting there had a drive one of the new drivers, and I'm driving around, and I'm like, make sure you fill up by the warehouse. Cause there ain't no gas stations down here. I'm point to your one. That's it. <laughs> they um. I'm guessing Marvel's probably gonna do something. I don't think so. 
You don't think so? I don't think they got a Hall H panel either. Mm. Why? When, like, again, these big companies, like, I don't think Warner Brothers is, well, yeah, Warner Brothers should not be there. You seen Kevin was talking shit to, about Sony? Kevin. Feige. No. Uh, what was he saying? He's like, I tried to tell Sony, don't get too far ahead of yourself with these Marvel spinoffs, uh, Spider-Man spinoffs and stuff like that. You got to build to it and look what happened. Um, but he still he still wants to play ball with yeah, Sony. Because he, he, wants, he wants to keep Spider-Man. And anything he touches makes a crap ton of money. Yeah. They're going to look. They're going to release Spider-Man No Way Home in theaters again. And they're going to make sure it's like, because it's still on the list for highest grossing movies in 2022 because it was out. Well, they're going to re-release it in September. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. But like I, like what it was in theaters in 2022, it made like almost $300 million yeah. of its total in 2022. So it's still on the 2022 list. Like, yeah, they're going to put it out and it's just going to go make more money because they're going to sit there and say, oh, we added stuff. Yeah, it's a director's cut. So then you'll get, you know extra little people will go back and see it again nah i'm good i'll read about the whatever they add extra and it, it's, it can't be mind-blowing they um no no man it could be like they could have added in all kind of shit to go with toby and fucking andrew um we could start up another morbius petition it's like no seriously we're gonna go we'll watch it this time sony just put it back out again God, that movie i mean to actually it think I, I, it was gonna make more money re-releasing it like a month later i don't even know who made that like whoever made that decision it's gone i'm sure they whoever made that decision is gone i'm sure he's a vince mcmahon type fucking executive corporate person who is untouchable. <laughs> Hell no. The only people untouchable at Sony would be your head honchos. Somebody who went to them and said, we need to re-release it because the internet wants us to. Oh, because this stupid meme yeah. is fucking everywhere. It's kind of hard for 12-year-olds to go to the movies by themselves. And apparently Morbius skin is going to, I think, leaked. That's yeah, going to be in Fortnite. Of course it is, because everything's in fucking Fortnite. Yeah, I don't know if it's true or not, but supposedly it was a leak. I mean, that's the only that's the only way you can you'll ever get a Marvel versus DC ever again, because they'll never play ball, even in the comics, ever again. It's not gonna happen. Um, I guess we can do what we watch. Um, two things I watched that you haven't watched. Uh, the first is only murders in the building started back up last week. Uh, first three episodes are out and, um, takes place literally right after the first one ended with the murder. Well, spoilers. The, um, the first two episodes is it's good, but I don't like where they're going to take the season two, it kind of doesn't make sense. It doesn't comply with the first season because Selena Gomez's character was 
her best friend was framed for murder, murdering his girlfriend. And um, it was just a lot of ma- nothing makes sense. She believed she was like one of the only people that believed him that he didn't do it because they were all very close friends together. And um, and of course, once he gets out of jail and they're trying to prove him innocent, they um, hook up and they become an item towards the end of that season. Beginning of this season, nowhere to be found. There's like a little brief remark about him, and that's it. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you probably can't get an actor, or the actor doesn't want to do it, and like you just gotta. No, he's he's coming back. He's in the second season, but it's just. And then next thing you know, because she's an artist, she's a painter and stuff like that, like a very good mm-hmm. painter, and um, they became famous because of the podcast because they served they saw solved the murder of Tim what's his face I can't remember his last name also solving the murder of the cold case of like who killed her best friend that the boyfriend was framed for and then their podcast exploded because of it and um, so some artist chick was like oh I love your paintings come to my gallery and blah 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 she goes there they kind of um, chit chat and stuff like that and she, the next day she goes to her apartment starts making out with her so now she's by. I mean it's it's just a I mean, weird it's storytelling because if, if he's still in this season then there's gonna be like a story arc of what actually what happened and... no it's the way they play it off is oh it, you know me and um, me and Oscar was just a fling kind of thing like the heat of the moment of trying to solve the murder and doing the podcast. And now that it's over and stuff like that, it kind of just doesn't feel the same way. And that's it. That's all they explained. Um, but once again, Martin short, Steve Martin, yes, Steve Martin, Martin short and Steve, Steve Martin, Steve Martin or well, Steve Martin, Martin short. Um, great. Unfortunately, sting left. And now Amy Schumer moved in. I mean, that's a kind of a downgrade. Yeah. But um, who knows? She might be decent. And um, yeah, I mean, so far, this the third episode is, it was the day in the life of Bunny on her last day. And um, that was a very good episode. I, I really liked it. Um, and then the big thing I've seen that we're going to talk about way more next week, I got to go see Thor Love and Thunder earlier today. Yeah, I'm going to go see it Saturday. Um, non-spoiler review. Um, yes, it's very middle of the road. I guess... It's a very rushed, like there's problems with it. Like it should have been longer. It's only, it's barely two hours. And you can just tell like watching it. It's just rushed from scene to scene to scene to scene to scene ending. I mean, you got to, again, this is another one of those movies where you have to cut it some slack for the simple fact that it was shot during lockdown. 
Like it was shooting when pandemic started. Oh, there's a shit ton of people on set then. <laughs> what I, I, again, but it was still, yeah. it was one of those, it was shot, it was shooting, I think at the beginning and was supposed to come out last year. So it's still funny. Um, Tata, it's still got that Tata Watiki humor. Um, if you love Guns N' Roses, you're going to love this film because they hit every fucking major <laughs> Guns N' Roses song for some odd reason. I mean, Axel and, and you know, Slash, they need they need that royalty money. No, I think they're pretty much good with royalty money because <laughs> motherfuckers still buy uh, Appetite for Destruction. <laughs> I, you know what? I, they, I, I remember like the Black, Metallica's Black Album used to still be on the like the top what 100 billboard like it was mm. on there forever like i wonder if it's still on there i mean fucking look at dark side of the moon was there for 30 something years straight yeah because i mean that's how just like how many people would actually be buying it every week it would still show up it's how many potheads in this new generation <laughs> potheads coming in um it's a it's a good movie it's not Riding a Rock is better because it's a longer film and it's better fleshed out. Um, unfortunately, because this movie's so fast-paced, it's kind of forgettable. Um, uh, the two, the mid-credit scene and the end-credit scene, of course, the mid-credit one sets up the next Thor film. And then the... Um, the end scene is kind of a, <clears throat> the very last one is kind of a, a nice little nod to a certain character. It's not a, it's not the typical jokey mm-hmm. callback like, Pizza Papa uh-huh. and Doctor Strange or, um, God, what was Spider Man? I can't remember Spider Man's very end credit one, mm-hmm. but usually it's a. It's mm-hmm. a jokey scene. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's still funny. It's Tata Waitiki. You can, Chris Helmsworth is still jacked as ever in his fucking film because I'm, because he was doing a Hogan film. Yeah, I wonder how that's going to shake out now that, you know, I haven't heard a single thing. I'm about telling it. you, man, there's it gonna be more crap that comes out about Vince. Oh, dealing with the Hogan movie? Yeah. Because mm. I mean, this is gonna take place during the time that you know he's accused of raping that ref and the steroids and destroying the territory. Yeah. So I mean, ruining. I don't know how the young. I don't know how Rock decided. Like, yeah, I'm gonna make Vince McMahon look like a fucking saint in the young rock because i'm wwe is wwe tied to the young i don't know rock? maybe mm. um even though it's there's no wwe wrestlers in it at all mm. but i guess since they have he they have to have some kind of modicum of connection to it because they're referencing wwe ip yeah also if you're a fan of guardians of the galaxy uh, make sure you get to the movies early. Well, I mean, that's been known that they weren't in it other than like a, a small chunk, if not even that. Like, It's like a cameo. Um, 
Don't be 10 minutes late. That's what, to like, the movie. Anybody who expects the Guardians to be in this for long, like more than a cameo, or out of their mind, knowing good and well the Guardians will get in their own movie. The way they get rid of the Guardians is kind of funny. Of um, We'll talk about it next week. But um, Christian Bale as the God Butcher is... He's pretty good. He's very hamming it, camping it up in certain scenes. Uh, Russell Crowe as Zeus. Could be offensive with his Italian accent. <laughs> Just, but he shouldn't be. It shouldn't be an Italian accent. It should be Greek. I don't know what the fuck he's going for. I mean, it would it would should technically be a Greek accent. Yeah, yeah, it would be a Greek accent. I don't know what accent. It was kind of... Because what? The the Zeus equivalent in Rome was... Mars was the god of war. I don't know if they had like a big... Yeah, giant. they did. They're like they literally... They, they stole the gods verbatim and they it was just... They changed names. I don't know. I'm sure we got a... We, I'm sure there's a parade. Oh, I'm sure. Around here with that name. But his, his accent in that... In this movies, I mean, it does sound. I mean, you can hear a bit of it in the trailer. <laughs> I do say the next villain. Well, I take it back. So they showed a character from the Marvel universe in this film. He's kind of this character is key to the Thor film. Mm-hmm. The guy, the big plan of God. The God Butcher, um, and it's awesome to see this this character on the big screen, which you would never think you would ever see. Have we seen his face on the side of the tower in Ragnarok? I don't think so. I would have to go back and see. Okay, but I no, it's not Beta Way Bill. Okay, it's God no, no. Damn. It's it's not it's none of that. No, that that's what P, that's what I want to see. <laughs> it's more of a cosmic. Is it from Guardians? No, hmm. you'll you'll see. Okay, you'll see. But it's awesome. Like the special effects of this character looks amazing. And then um, Natalie Portman is. It's pretty good. Like she pulls out the. I, don't know, Teresa, I can't. I can't say nothing without spoiling. Teresa the movie. hates her, so I can only imagine how that's gonna go. Um. Yeah, I can't say nothing without spoiling a huge plot in this movie. I'm just. I mean, I'm already assuming it's it's gonna have to have something to do with if you read the the, the comic book storyline. If you read the comic books of Jane Foster Thor, mm-hmm. then you know. What. Okay, so yeah, I, I kind of figured it was gonna do that. Yeah, because I even told her, I'm like, it's okay, and <laughs> it basically gives. We'll talk about it next week. Okay, um, so yeah, that's it. Um, I watched uh, a show on Hulu called The Bear. Justin was just telling me about that today. That show is really good, but I mean, like, I was like, 
he could this could with a little bit of rewrite be like a continuation of shameless it could have been a shameless spinoff so apparently he just started watching punisher because the wire spinoff with john barthol mm-hmm. is on hbo that he started watching and then so he he looked him up and was like oh he was punisher so now he's watching the punisher show and I told him to watch Daredevil because Punisher starts on Daredevil and then yeah. gets his own show. Yeah, because nothing beats that jail, that prison hallway. Fight. Exactly. <laughs> the courtroom scene yeah. of him just free. It was like, yeah, I want to go. I'm guilty. <laughs> and um, I know what I did. <laughs> and um, yeah, so apparently the guy who plays Bear is the Punisher's sidekick computer hacker guy. In Punisher, the guy from the Bear, I guess the lead actor guy. It was in what Punisher? The TV show. He's no. no? The I know he's talking about. It's the cousin. It's not the lead. Oh, okay. I he thought would be, he would be like the number one supporter, supporting like if you had leads, he would be. The show kind of really has three leads. The dude from Shameless, the guy that played Lip. I've never seen it. Okay, so the guy from Shameless would be your main lead. Then you're like, if if they were going to get break this down for Emmys, it would be your male supporting would be the dude who played... In uh, Punisher. Yeah, in the Punisher. Like, he would play... that. That's who that is. And then there's uh, a female chef that would be your female. Like, there's three main characters. And he plays, like the cousin because it's an Italian thing. Like, you know, they're not really blood related, but see, that's why I told him. It's like, you just like the show because it takes place in Chicago. And then it was like, when I saw that it was John Bernthal playing his bro, I'm like, that's the strangest cameo ever. Cause it's not like he's in the show. It's like one episode where there's like a flashback to like one night of them, like cooking. And he tells this story and then, like, after that, it's, like, the cousins trying to tell the story because otherwise it's just, that's the only time you see John Bernthal in that show at all of doing anything is that one flashback. Like, it's so out of place. I'm like, but it's a, re- it's a really good show. I just, I'm confused with the ending. So, because, like. The season's already done? Yeah, it was, like, eight episodes. Oh. And uh, so the main character gets left the restaurant. Like he had moved, like his brother wouldn't let him work at the restaurant, wouldn't let him do anything. So he was like, I'm going to show you, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to go work in all the best kitchens everywhere. So he goes to New York and he works in all these great kitchens and whatnot. He's Jimmy McGill. No, he like goes and becomes a legitimate like... Okay. Like chef at these fancy restaurants where they give you like three bites of food for like a hundred bucks. Um, which is where the the girl comes in. Like she ate one of his meals that he did, and like it was the best meal she ever had. And when she found out he had his own place in Chicago, that she went to as a little kid with her dad, she had to go work for him because she he's got like this extensive resume of like I've worked at these these restaurants, yada yada yada. Um, so the, the restaurant gets left to him. The cousin is there running the restaurant was there before. 
now he comes in, he's trying to like get the restaurant together and like run it more efficiently so they can make money. And supposedly the brother had taken out like 300 grand from a, like, uh, cause every Italian knows a mobster. Like he had taken out like 300 grand in loans from somebody who's connected. And you know, like the end of the show is like, there's this running bit of what you think is a suicide note that the cousin finds and leaves. Like he finds it, he goes to give it to the brother and decides, nope, goes and sticks it back where he found it. And then in the last episode, he decides to give it to him. And it's like, I love you, let, uh, let it rip. And it's the fucking, it's like a recipe for like family spaghetti. So when he goes to make the family spaghetti for all the rest, because, you know, I don't know if, if they do it at your restaurant, but they, like this restaurant, they would cook food for the, everybody before they opened. Oh, fuck no. no. So, like, I, I guess because this place didn't open until, like, three. Like, it was a, din- like, lunch, dinner kind of yeah. place. They would cook, like, a small meal for everybody to eat before they opened. So he's sitting there making the family spaghetti, and when he opens the spaghetti sauce, like, this fucking big-ass wrapped wad of cash falls out the can. And he was wondering, like, in the beginning of the series, like, we're not making the spaghetti anymore. It takes too long to prepare. It's it, the turnaround, like, it's not worth it. So he had all these, like, cans of sauce. And he's like, why didn't he buy these in bigger cans? It's like all these small cans, not like, you know, you would buy at a restaurant, the big ones. And he fucking go open up all the cans, and every single can's got, like, a fucking stack in it. Mm. Like, and they never explain it. I'm like, but he still owes the mob guy, like, 300 grand. So the money's in the banana stand. <laughs> I'm like, did he just take the money from the mob guy and like put it in the fucking sauce can? Yeah. I don't know. It's a good show though because that dude, like I look at that, the guy, I don't even remember what his name is. I just call him Lip because I've watched so many seasons of Shameless. I'm like, he's like De Niro in fucking... Uh... Goodfellas? No, I mean like, he's like Robert De Niro in the other guy. Rocky and Bullwinkle? No. Robert De Niro in... Heat? The other Joe Pesci. No, not Joe Pesci. The other one. Al Pacino. Al Pacino, where they basically just play themselves, right? Like they they don't really act. Mm. Like you get the same, but they're good performances. But Al Pacino is Al Pacino in The Devil's Advocate, the same as he is in Casino, and Goodfellas, and you know, he's the same guy in everything. De Niro's the same way. Like, they're the same. Like, there's no real difference in character. Like, it's ex- like, which is why I'm like, it's acceptable for them, but Robert Downey Jr. and Jack, you know, and fucking Johnny Depp got shit for it because Johnny Depp's just like, fuck it, I'm going to be Jack Sparrow and everything. And yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is just like, this is, t- I, I, I'm just going to be Tony Stark and that's what I'm going to do and everything. I remember watching Devil's Advocate in a the movie theater and when I left, I was like, my God, that was such an amazing film. I love that film so much. And then you go back and watch it now. And it's just like, it's it, God damn, this it doesn't hold up. It does not hold up. Like, it is a good movie. It has, like, I think that's one, that's like a key, that's a movie that's like legitimately, like, that explains my rating system. Cause I'm like, 
There's a lot of good story there that like, gets lost somehow. It's like Keanu, like what accent are you trying to pull? Well, I mean, that's back when, you know, every Southern ac- Southerner had to have some weird accent. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a very, like Devil's Advocate is a very, very good story that gets muddled up by all kind of other shit. Pacino's fucking monologue at the end. It's pr- I mean, it's good. It is him chewing scenery like oh, crazy. God, it's. But that's one. Of, that's what I'm saying. He, he's not playing the devil. He's delivering that monologue as Al Pacino in every movie Al Pacino's ever been in. Like that is every angry version of every character that Al Pacino has ever played. And that was just that tipping point of Sherry Theron becoming into a huge star. Yep, that was right. Yeah. Because that's right before she hits. Um, I'm guessing the Italian job wasn't wasn't too no, far. Wasn't she? Was she in the uh, Reindeer? Games? Reindeer Reindeer Games. Yeah. Mighty Mighty Joe Young. But, I, but no, I think it was I think it was around Devil's Advocate and in Reindeer Games is when her like stock went up. Was she in Starship Trooper? No. Okay, I'm thinking of somebody else then. Maybe the redhead was in Starship Troopers, the sister. Yes. That is, and she played Batgirl in the horrible Birds of Prey TV show. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Which was supposed to be a sequel to the Burton Batman movies. Like, the Huntress was supposed to be Selena and Bruce's kid. Because the guy who played Alfred in the Batman movies and all of those movies yeah. was Alfred on that show. Like they were like, even in the opening credits, they showed like, did he sign like a Nick, like a Nick Fury, Samuel Jackson fucking contract? I don't know. Like he was just it's like, you, like, he you a, owe us 10 films. He was, a, he was a perfect Alfred though. Oh yeah. Like he was. he was a perfect comic book, old comic book Alfred. Like I could imagine, like I could see that version of Alfred seeing some shit. He's a really good Alfred. If he was probably five years younger, uh, maybe ten years younger, he was a little. Yeah, I mean, he was old and white, you know, a little in, too in old. The first one, yeah. but I mean, you can look, you could look at him and go, "Yeah, you're way too soft spoken. You've mm. seen some shit." <laughs> um, which is kind of like why I like, uh, I like what's Andy Circus as Alfred. Yes, like I can see that and that that version of Alfred being the. Like I, I didn't buy it in the Nolan Batman. I didn't buy Michael Caine. Michael Caine is like the grizzled old SAS, you know, vet who became like a mercenary. Like, see, I see private contractor. I could see Andy Serkis's Alfred being the guy. I see him more as an MI six type guy, like cloak and dagger, because like he just looks at that fucking the uh, Enigma mm-hmm. riddles, and he's instantly like. Yeah. Decoding it and stuff like that. Um, but the uh, so yeah, the bear bear is a really good show. Go watch it. Even though I gave kind of like even giving away the ending doesn't t- distract from just the good acting in it. Oh yeah, Reservation Dogs. Yeah, no, I can't wait for that to come back. August. Yep, that's Fantastic. such a good show. Such a good show. A lot of shows are coming back. Uh, 
starting next week, you got Better Call Saul Monday, and then um, what are we doing? The Shadows Wednesday. Miss Marvel has been surprisingly good. Uh, I might just fucking marathon it when once it's done. Once it's, it's done, it's it is surprisingly good, and the fact that like I just like the fact that it's all the Muslim stuff, all the Pakistani stuff is just treated normally. It's not, you get the one kind of scene of like damage control going into the mosque being assholes, but that's it. Like, other than that, it's, you know, it's treated as every other movie that's ever come out that just has characters go to church. Like it's, oh, it's not a big deal. They don't even mention it. It's not even mentioned in this. They fucking go to fucking Karachi. Like, it was kind of all like, it was a trope. And, you know, it, it was this past episode, it, the episode before this one that came out Wednesday, she ends up back in the past. And her whole belief that this is like her great, great, her great grandmother had her abilities and like led her grandmother to her grandfather or her great grandfather in the middle of uh, the train yard during partition. Well, it turns out that it was her. They got sent back in time and she then meets her great grandmother, gets a picture from her so she can recognize her grandmother, helps her grandmother get to her great grandfather. And it's like the story she's been hearing all of her life is actually about her. And it's like this whole, and then people, you know, of course, like, oh, it's screwing up the time travel. And then you get, I'm like, no, it's not. None of the time travel is screwed up. Captain America's time travel is not screwed up. This time's travel doesn't screw anything up. But again, you know, people think they understand science without actually reading science books. Uh, but it's really good. I mean, like I, I've been saying, it, it's back to that, you know, 80s teen movies and it's not even really as cheesy as the ones in the 80s were um because again because it's like treating you know muslim pakistani culture as like the norm in the show you don't have the stupid overly gushy teen romance that usually bogs everything down in shows like this so you don't have to deal with all that crap so it's really, it's really good. It, there's no, like, all the hate that it got, I'm like, y'all just don't want to see brown people. Like, there, there's nothing wrong with this show. You know, just... It, it's it's a good show. Yeah, she's got a friend who's, like, oh, like a genius. But, again, who, like, it, it's, it works. So... It's good. I, like I said, though, I can't wait for Reservation Dogs to come back on. Can't wait for Better Call Saul to come on. At the end of the month, um, Disney Plus has a four-point, four-part, four-part, four-part documentary about uh, industrial light and magic called Light and Magic. Oh, that ought to be awesome. Yeah. I just watched a trailer for it. I just, I'm I want to sure. see, I want someone to acknowledge that George Lucas has been making money off of every movie studio, every, like, move, most movies forever. 
Because he, he would make money off of ILM, and you would go look through this. Like, if you actually sat through credits, but you is would that, see Skywalker sound. That's all shit that was Lucasfilm. But Industrial Light and Magic, I thought that was like more of a Spielberg. Mm-mm, that's Lucas. Wow. Well, so, like... Because Industrial Light and Magic was doing Star Wars. They did Star, Star Wars. Yeah, they yeah. They did Jurassic said, Park. They did... They, that's... Now, Winston... No, Stan Winston's practical effects. Well, no, but even Stan Winston's thing is different than Industrial Light and Magic. Industrial Light and Magic is practical because they did the pra- that's who did the practical models for the no Stan Winston. Trilogy. Well, yeah, and they did the com- the then, the composite. I mean the God the overlay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, stuff. They, all that was Industrial Light and Magic composites. Back in the day. The, yeah, the well, yeah, the rotoscope overlay, like the old school composites where you had to like. Yeah. Layer the film and shit. The young Sherlock. Mm-hmm. There was a... That, I saw... I watched... That uh, bombed. VFX artists react, and they were like... It was an old Buster Keaton... Uh, oh, Jesus. Like any... The clock? No, it was the... Uh, the train? No. It, they were doing how he did the... It was something where he like jumps through himself and then pops out of a wall to get away from people. So there's like, he's in this alleyway trapped by these people and he turns around and he runs and he dives through a, uh, a hole in the wall. Yeah. But it's a wide shot. So clearly it's probably not Buster Keaton. No, or, it's, it was. He did. Practically, he did all of but his this own is, stunts. This is, it couldn't be for the simple way that the, the thing was pulled off. Okay. So either he jumped through the hole and the person that popped out of the hole, the wall wasn't real. Because they go by frame by frame. Like, it wasn't. There's no cut. Because there's no jump in placement. Yeah. So he basically, he runs, jumps through the wall. And then, like, the like this figure or whatever, this drawing that was on the wall pops out. And it's like moving around. So basically they figure out what they did was Buster Keaton's laying on a board with just his head sticking out of the wall. And there's a hole under him. The dude jumps through and then he Buster Keaton drops down and comes off the wall. And the reason they figured that's how they did it, because when he turns around, he's holding like the the back of his clothes together. Like it's almost like a, a He's not, it's, but it, it's, it's a robe kind of like a medical gown is, but it, yeah. it looks like real clothes, but he's holding it closed and you can see the line. So basically he had to, they, when he, like he was just laying there and when he dropped down the, the, whatever the silhouette that he was going to pop out of, like that robe went behind him and he grabbed it. Mm. And then there was the other one of, uh, the movie theater. And some of them, you can tell it's just a cut. Like, they, because the, the audience shifts between where the cut is when, like, because it was like he jumps off from by, like, the piano into, like, the screen. And you can tell some of it's just, like, a, a set deeper down. And then there's a cut. But then there was one where they were like, no, they literally went, shot the theater section with a, 
big black curtain and then went back and filmed the other stuff outside. But then someone had to go mask off the film. Like they had to go each frame of the film and put black felt or black whatever over the theater section and then which would leave the center square exposed for them to go run the film again hmm. and film the outside section. So like oh like this is like we're talking what nineteen twenties and somebody said we can mask off this film, film here, mask that off on the film, and then go and shoot somewhere else inside that little square. Uh, if you want to see Buster Keaton, um, the guy, I think it's Judd Apatow did a documentary about Buster Keaton that I watched. Dude, like they, they were just so ahead of what. Oh yeah, like he was innovate. Like I mean, that's and like again, that's not even that's not visual. Like that's practical in camera. His stunts in the general. Oh yeah, well I mean he was it's, just it it. It's the first million dollar movie, I think, because that's how much mm-hmm. the budget blew up. In the twenties, it was like a million dollars. Um, I think it was a million dollars. Like they blew up this huge fucking bridge. <laughs> With oh a, yeah, yeah, with yeah. A train the train going, coming all yeah, with the train going across, and they just blew it up. Real train, real bridge, everything. They just blew it up. Yeah, and what we were talking about earlier, Michael Bay just yeah exploded a mansion and ran a, a Hummer down a hill through all kind of shit. Um, but his two, well, his three iconic scenes is the clock. Yeah. Um, the second is the house falling. In the attic window that doesn't have glass, as that side of the house falls, he's perfectly in place that the attic window goes through him and he oh, yeah, yeah, gets when the, yeah he's like, because again, they had to like measure that out perfectly, yeah, and hope and he nothing had, adjusted. He had to hit his spot, yep. And there was nothing on the ground. Yeah. And it's not like you could go like it is today where you can go just erase it. Like he had to remember exactly. There was probably like a little speck or something on the yeah. ground that he just like, all right, I got to be like right there. And then the other scene is him on the cow. I forgot what they call it. The the part of the train that's that comes to a point. I think it's called a cow splitter or a cow something. Yeah, it's it's it, it's, it's to meant push to stuff off the. It's tracks. meant to push cows because cows would just wander onto fucking tracks sometimes because they would just go through people's properties. Um, yeah, because if you went slow enough, you could just yeah. You didn't have to. Like, they didn't. You didn't have to kill them. It's a cow pusher or something. Yeah, like, like you could just go slow enough, and it would it would split them. Yeah. So he's on that part. The train is going. This oh yeah, that's a, when he, like the 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 beams fall. Yeah, and he's stuff. taking the beams and he's just tossing beams out of the way, and he's doing this for a good five minutes straight. And if he just fucks up, a, if he misses something, mm-hmm. that train's gonna derail in a huge fucking accident. Um, yeah, I highly recommend the Buster Keaton documentary. Um, talking about it like i think stunt, they, they they so the corridor is done like visual effects artists react to like his stuff and then stuntmen 
him, react to his stuff. So his mom and dad was Vaudevillians, and he's they literally were bringing him up on stage as an infant, and as a little kid, he learned they would throw him. Fucking carnies. Yeah, <laughs> they would fucking throw him, and he learned how to take a fall, to where. At any height, he can fall, and he's not going to get hurt because he knows how to fucking... Dude, it, it takes a while to get used to it. I used to be... Yeah. Like, before I messed up my back, I used to do like theater, physical comedy in theater. Yeah, he was doing stuff. And I, was, I could throw myself across the stage and not like and know how to tuck roll. He was doing stunt work at the age of like three or four mm-hmm. on stage with his parents. And that's why... He rarely got hurt doing his stunts because he knew how to yeah, fucking take it. Yeah, it was like it. fucking. It was in his DNA at that point. Yeah. Um, but yes, I mean that's the only really the things that I watched. The Bear, uh, Miss Marvel. Um, I started watching IT Crowd again. I love that show. The original or the yeah the the British one. Okay. That's the only the, the they only did a pilot for the American version. Did they? Yeah, it was only a pilot, oh. and it was a verbatim reshoot of the first episode from the British show. Yeah, I mean, it's literally like The Office. The very first, the American Office, the first episode is literally verbatim. Yeah. And then like the, 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 British the, show. the American version had, uh, what's his face? Moss was in it, the American version. And like, he's in the British version, but Moss was like the same actor was in the American yeah. version with Joel McHale playing the Chris O'Dodd character. And it just did not work. It still blows my mind to this day that Martin Freeman was the Jim character. Yeah, I know. And then the guy from Pirates of the Caribbean was Dwight. Yeah. It's just, it's... The British version of The Office is so much different than the American version of The Office. Yeah, it's just British humor. Yeah, it's like... like Which is why why the IT crowd didn't work. You could not recreate that show that way. In a, like you could do the IT crowd in America, like you could do an American version of that show and call it that. You cannot recreate the British comedy that is hilarious because that's just not the culture. They try to redo that after The Office. I think that was that because I mean that's one of those we have to pick up a British show because that was long before. I mean that was before Community. Joel McHale got Community, so yeah, was it? Yeah, that's uh, how long ago that was. Jesus. Because I remember watching, kept, I remember binging like long before, Netflix did not give us binging. Downloading shit off the internet gave us binging. Yeah. Because that's how I watched the, re, the relaunch of Doctor Who originally. Like with the ninth Doctor and then the 10th. Like all I watched, I downloaded all those seasons and then watched them and caught up to what was airing live. IT crowd, the same thing, watched like two or three seasons and caught up what was live. And then when that was done, I was like waiting because the last season took forever to come out. That's how I did for Dragon Ball G, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, the movies, the TV specials. Was I mean, all... if anything, actually what, what, what created binging a show would be anime. Cause that's the only way you could get it yeah. at one point was like, downloading them, finding them on tapes and just watching. You couldn't, get it any other way the Yu-Gi-Oh creator passed away today yeah I did see that I started I, I mean I started watching Bleach again I'm like mm. I'm thinking to myself man I literally read all like 1,000 
whatever in the span of like a couple of years, like not even like I binged red and then caught up with what was coming out weekly. And then I binged like the entire show and caught up what was coming weekly. Like I used to look forward to that. Like on two, mm-hmm. it was like Tuesdays or Thursdays. I'd go to work over at the college and I'd be like waiting. Like when are they putting like the, the, the bootleg is putting up the next chat, like the new chapter and the fucking, you know, whatever episode it was. Yeah, Netflix didn't spoil us with Benjin. <laughs> when I left the movie theater, the new they had a poster for the new Dragon Ball Z movie. Um, coming out in August. We were talking about that. We went out and ate with uh, Ori, and then last night, uh, Robbie and him went and ate sushi. Yeah. And uh, we were talking like fucking Belko was there, and we were talking about how fucking Ellis just never wanted to play anything that made money. And, like, when one of the fucking Dragon Ball movies came out, like, he didn't even attempt to get it. And, like, a whole bunch of people, like, 20 people came one night and were like... Oh, Resurrection resurrection of F? Yeah, something like that. And he yeah. was like, we want to... You have it? And they're like, no. Well, that was such a limited thing. Like, he would have got it, but it would have been, like, down the road. Because it was... It, that was such a limited fucking movie. Resurrect, resurrection of F. Um, See, but that's the kind of shit he'd make money on now. Yeah, like he'd have made a cra- he'd have probably made a crap ton of money on. Well, no, he'd have had he'd have had to clean his screens and his windows so that the fucking shit didn't look dingy as hell. Because it's not like he had nice digital, like overly nice projectors. You know, so he'd have had to like spruce up other things to make you know the shit look good on screen. But, I mean, he'd have made money on Demon Slayer. That made a fuck ton of money. Well, all those fucking films. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, now they come out and they get wide release. Like, they used to not get wide releases in America. Now they get wide releases in America. Um, I guess we get to the meat and potatoes of this episode. Yes. Uh, first, I guess we'll talk about the latest episode of The Boys. I guess the last two episodes of The Boys. Herogasm and... I can't remember what the last one was called, but um, I'm really liking the boys this season. It's just not like, I, I mean, I get what they're doing and it's like, I, I like the fact that they're taking shots at the Republicans and Trump, but which is why like all the, uh, the snowflakes online are like losing their shit. What do you mean Homeland is the bad guy? Like, bruh, you have not been paying attention to this fucking show? Like, Homeland has been a piece of shit from episode one. Yeah. They, he is uh, the bad guy. Oh, and again, I now after watching the last two shows, I stand by my assertion that he is not as strong as Superman. No. Butcher and Homelander made him bruise and bleed. He is not as strong as Superman. No, because he hasn't. He doesn't have regen, um, regenerative powers from the sun. But I mean, even it takes like it takes a lot. It long, took it a takes lot more. more to fucking bruise up Superman. It took fucking Doomsday to fucking bruise up Superman. Fucking Homelander's got a fucking black eye from Butcher because it wasn't even from fucking Soldier Boy because he was stronger than Soldier Boy. But Butcher was knocking the fuck out of him. That was such a great, like, that was a good, like, that whole, like, that episode, I'm like, eh, but, like, the fight at the end, I'm like, okay, sitting through all that stupid shit was worth it for this confrontation. 
they were really hyping up Herogasm. And it wasn't what it like It wasn't that bad no. like, watching it. It was it was eyes wide shut. Yeah. That's what it was. I've seen way worse. Um, There's an entire industry of way worse. <laughs> minus porn. But they showed somebody's butthole. That's about it. That's, I mean, yeah, all like they, like they don't show anything of any they show dicks. Yeah. Like I like I still can't believe this show spent the money to make a practical dick. Like this in scale with termite. Did you see um So there's like set videos that they released of um Mother's Milk in Starlight. Yes. I saw like just going around swinging in the swing. Apparently they spent a, t- I forgot how much they spent on lube or some type of non-blood, mm-hmm. especially the scene where mother's milk opens the door and he gets fucking bukkakeed, I guess you could say, or he takes it. Yeah. He takes it. Not just to the face. He just, he, yeah, he, he takes it. <laughs> and also being a fucking uh, OCD germaphobe <laughs> fucking dude. <laughs> I need a bathroom right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's a... Uh, once Homelander shows up and he fucking steps on Termite. Oh, yeah. Um, and the fact that, you know, fucking... Uh, love sausage is there, so of course he's listening to Russian music. Yeah, and which fucking triggers Soldier Boy's OCD, like uh, PSTD, PTSD, and he just fucking nukes the house. I ain't shell shocked. They um, but yeah, that fight scene at the end, especially when he fucking Homelander's so fucking good. Like Anthony Starr is so fucking good this season. Like him just going down is like butcher. What is? I told you this is going to be a one-on-one fight. Yeah, Why? like we we had an you agreement. Yeah. We were going to fight. Like this is cheating. And he fucking immediately was like, "All right, I guess I got to put you down." And then he gets back up, and just the look on Homelander's face of like, "What Wait, did what? you do? <laughs> what did you do?" Well, and, I think um, I think what we're going to see in this episode is they're going to have to take like legit V to keep him alive. My guess. Because the episode is live and um, the finale. And the last episode basically sets up at the end of Herogasm, Starlight basically comes out and just tells all of our Instagram people, it's like, listen, Vod is a fucking. I love how she throws in, like, most superheroes don't give a shit about you. Like, she had to make it like. Yeah. You really don't give a damn about anybody either. You're doing this because you don't like how they were to you. And the fact of, like, Homelanders, the reason why all these people are killed. Um, Soldier Boy is alive, and he's, he he's killed the one all these who, people. He killed all those people in New York when he exploded. And yeah, he and he said she he killed all the people at this gathering. Yeah, that oh twelve dead. Like no, there's way more dead than twelve. Like he vaporized. People. Yeah, that they know of. Like <laughs> they're never gonna find out what happened to Termite. Yeah, like which is what why I like that Homelander. Coming in and crying, I'm like, you knew he was there. Yeah, because they can hear him. He could hear him. I'm like, yeah. you knew he was there. <laughs> if we, we, it's just like we have to, like, it was a good visual. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it would, like, that works to me because that fits Homelander, but I'm like, we just have to keep 
push <coughs> pushing, you know, how much of a dick Homelander is, like he would have known Termite was there, he'd have heard him, and he makes sure he just fucking squishes it. Yeah, and then, which sucks because Termite would have lost his powers and it, been stuck that small. He um, it's the it's the fact of the last episode, the last week's episode is basically um, Soldier Boy and Hugh going through the forest and stuff like that, looking for mind. Mindbender, mind, mind something, yeah, and um, probably not Mindbender. That's GI Joe trademark. Yeah, and basically, and it's just slowly showing his PTSD. Yeah, from what did you say? Everything. <laughs> what do you say? And, and then again, because Huey's like, maybe you should put the weed, down, like, because he's just saying, oh, he's paranoid. But it's like, right. no, it's bringing out the, like the PTSD, like in him, like. It's not really helping his PTSD. It's yeah. kind of like amplifying it. And it's the, the fact Paul Reiser should get the fucking MVP. Paul Reiser's character is so great in this show. Like, yeah, he, it's the legend is so good. It's just like, yeah, twenty five days after they yeah, stormed yeah, the beach. Yeah, two weeks after we stormed the beach, he went for fucking photo op. Yeah, and yet he's still in the forest. Is like. I fought Nazis and landed on Normandy. And he's like, no, you didn't. And he just gets not, like, he doesn't even respond. He just punches him in the face. Yeah. His, um, so when I watch, um, Jensen Ackles play soldier boy in my head, because I, I was such a fan of supernatural and his character from supernatural. It's like, I can see Dean, his character from supernatural, him taking the fucking pills and just mashing it up and sniffing it. Like, just got to keep going, smoking all the weed, banging mm. anything that fucking moves. I was like, yeah, if we can do in like a real life Winchesters, they would be so fucking hooked on. Yeah, because I mean, they go through so much shit. They've got to. <laughs> because they never sleep. Like, a lot of times they barely fucking sleep. They're, they never they sleep. For hours they see, and hours. They, see, they, they deal with crazy shit all the time, so they got to yeah. fucking suppress that shit. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times they die and get resurrected. Um, But yeah, it's just him, Soldier Boy, is such a great addition to the season. Because he's, he's doing such a great job also. But I thought in the comics, Soldier Boy wasn't like... As, like, tough. Because, I mean, the only thing that fucking pops out in my head is, like, the fucking image of him, like, pissing on himself. I'm not sure, because I, I, I didn't know anything about the comic books other than the main guy looks like Simon Pegg. I, I, I'd have to go and see what the difference is, because that's kind of, like, where I'm, like... Because, again, the last episode ends with Soldier Boy calling Homelander and yes. being like, yeah, you're my kid. You know, so that that just shows it. Now it's gonna prove that, um, or it's gonna. Hopefully, this is what I think that happens is them two are gonna team up now, and Black Noir is gonna have to fight. Has to team up with Butcher and them to take down Homelander. Yeah, well, here's the thing: if Black Noir is the guy from yes, uh, the flashback, he's dead, like in an instant. Yeah, he's not going to survive. Which I think is dumb. 
we'll see. We'll see what happens. Because I... Uh, Gus Vaught. Gus, he, like... He has something he up He has his, to... Like, yeah, he had to, like... He has to make a play in this last episode. Yeah, and, but I mean, he's he's gotta have... Like, there's a reason why he was always so confident that, you know, Homelander was never gonna do anything to him. Yeah. There's gotta be a reason why he was that confident. And then also... The, and the, the twist in the fucking comic books of there being a second Homelander... Yeah, Black Noir was that. Black Noir, like Black Noir being the second Homelander clone, makes perfect sense as to why the person in charge is like, "You can't hurt me." Yeah. Not just playing on the fact that he needed a daddy. And also, do you bring back Ryan? Does he play into the finale? Butcher's kid. Oh well, yeah, Homelander's kid. Who now is basically he's keeping Maeve alive enough to get her eggs so he can here's the thing Maeve's pregnant would butcher yep I can see that there's no other reason to do it cause I know in the comics Maeve worked with him but I think it was one of those like I have no choice yeah kind of deals this to me reeks of but this goes to sh- now you see that Homelander is the, I guess, the strongest and the most badass uh, out of all superheroes because he's not a human. Yeah, he's the naturally born. He's naturally super- born between yeah. two superheroes. Or they they haven't dis- they haven't they distinguished haven't who his mom is. Who the mom but was. I would, it would be hilarious if it was they they reveal it being Liberty. That would, but again, the pure gross out for gross out sake that this show does at times yeah. makes me think that would be who they would choose. Because where, like, that's where he would get the flight from. Um, and if he always had that like explosive laser power, if that's actually something he always had, well, there you go. There, that's you know, it just. But she had lightning. Yeah, no. But I'm talking about from 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 uh from Soldier Boy. I th- I don't know where Soldier Boy's. That's what I'm saying. Unless the, he got that from the Soviets, which I makes think... no sense to have why they weren't using him against soups. Because like they probably didn't realize that it turned soups into normal. And also, a lot of people are calling out the show for Starlight's decision in the last episode. She's basically yelling at Hugh for taking the temporary the, V temporary V and basically saying that you have to stop and do it. But yet she gives it to Kikimo. Well, no, I mean, cause and it Kimo, I think that's how you get Starlight and Huey to reconcile because she realized like Kimiko told her, no, this is my choice. I was for V was forced on me before. I'm choosing no, it's, to take it now because I want to be able to... I don't want what happened to Frenchie to happen to him again. Now Starlight's going to be like, well, shit. Yeah, because somebody... And she's going to... No, and she's going to have to give him the regular V because she knows the temporary V's killing him. Yeah. And she's going to give it to him and go, this is the only thing that will save your life. And it's also... the. That last episode was so good. It was the butcher flashback 
Oh yeah, like of what the, happened to Lenny. So the last episode is when I watched this show and I'm like, this is a good show. Yeah. Herogasm up until like the last fight and some of the the ancillary stuff, I'm like, this is this is gross out for the sake of being gross out. And we're writing like Blue Hawk to be a fucking MAGA Trump drone. And it's also funny, the big fuck you to uh, A Train. We And again, but like that to me is a good, that, that to me is a good part of the writing. Like, oh, you, you killed Blue Hawk because they're going to know. Yeah. You, oh, you killed Blue Hawk and you, you had your heart attack. But we fixed it. We gave you Blue Hawk's heart. And then we're going to make a movie, a semi-documentary. And now we own you outright. You're going to shut up and fall in line. That's good writing because now it's going to be on A-Train to determine whether he plays along or... I mean, I guess that's that's a good reason to, to change the initial inciting incident in the bathroom in the first season and taking a train out of it. Yeah. Cause I mean, a train, a train, I mean, he's forced to apologize, but he honestly was like that apology to Hugh was legit. Yeah. Because now he realizes what it is to lose somebody, but he's the reason super subsonic was murdered. Yes. So you have this like, and made, now he has to kidnapped. Yeah. Now he has to choose. Yeah. Like, are am I going to be a puppet? He's gonna side with fucking Homelander because he's he's too scared. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's gonna it, there's gonna be a choice. He's gonna yeah. have to make, and it's gonna be, do I stay a puppet, or do I go and be my own person? It's also that in another MVP of the show, not just the season, but the whole fucking show is the deep introducing. <laughs> Again, like that to me, like this this character is pointless. It's so fucking good, and, it, and it's there for that it's there for that those gross out. No, it's just comedic that, bits because it, it didn't it doesn't serve any other part of the story. He's such a great, but he's such it's a it's well funny. acted, it's well played. Like it's, but <laughs> it literally just does not serve any point. Because again. When it comes down to like the final confrontation, he's pointless. Well, yeah, as we saw last season with the whale. That's the point. He's he's the joke. He's the play on Aquaman. But here's back the in thing. the cartoons, like here's what are you gonna do? Call yeah. fish. But here's the thing: Aquaman in the comics is like super strong. Yeah, it's completely <laughs> different. But it's more of the the joke of like the cartoon, the Super, super Friends, Friends Aquaman. It's like just called called fish for everything. I'm on land. How are you going to fucking hurt me? I'm nowhere near the fucking ocean or any type of water. So how are you going to call a fish to come? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, the character's there strictly for... I still say, like, the best scene in this whole fucking series was the Timothy scene. Well, I mean, from a... From a character point of multiple characters, yes. Minus the, like, any fight scenes and stuff like that. Wait, as, as like, showing Homeland, just how horrible Homelander is. Like, yeah. stepping on Termite and, like, yeah, they, we, we know he's an asshole. But, like, you're going to eat this thing. 
that you are the only person in the room can talk to. It's, and I took it out of the tank in your room. It's basically your best friend. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, it was, but again, the character itself, like, it's written just to be, like you said, it's the parody of Aquaman, who's Like, his whole, his whole character is meant to be the pathetic superhero. Who's, yeah, who's lucky to be there. Yeah. Basically. And willing to do anything to keep his spot. Yeah. Um... I don't know, like this season's had like uh, like really good bits, and then there's just the ones where I'm like I'm not feeling like the gross out for gross out sake. Yeah, I mean that was only like what two episodes, Herogasm in the first episode. I mean, there's like again like him getting the sucked off by the octopus. I think again it's there for oh look hey look at this look at look look at this joke. You know, like, you, if you can do a scene the same way without something, then then why do you need to add if it doesn't add anything? And, I mean, I guess catching him in a compromising position, oh, Homelander, how's Homelander going to feel about, like, so all you were really doing was scaring him. Like I don't really think Homelander would give two shits. That's what I'm that saying. Like it octopus. was like that's the joke for him anyway. Like he fucks fish. The best fucking line is when A Train's walking past. Either Homelander was walking past A Train or A Train was walking past him coming off stage. And he goes, "I can see a fucking girdle." <laughs> I don't know why I love that fucking line because that dude that just fucking cuts it cuts deep it's because it's literally it's one of those things you would hear two catty women like a catty woman like it it, that's something you would see in like a 2000s teen drama like teen comedy of like the bully A-Train didn't even say anything he was just walking past and he was like I can see a fucking girdle and but that again that's how he keeps A-Train in line because he knows A-Train is it's vanity yeah like he has to play because up until up until he got the heart transplant and we still don't even like I'm assuming like now with the heart transplant he'll be able to run without any issues. Yeah, that's what you know that they weren't lying about. You Carol? Know, Kelly? No. Annie? No. No. Not Annie. I don't uh, know. Whatever. It's, it's the HR. Yeah. The person who took over. Gus's so if, spot. If, if we believe her, then yes, he'll be able to run now with the soup heart. Yeah. But. Up until that point, it was all vanity. He had to fake. He had to fake it in the movie. The speed run up. He never ran in public. Like, he was never, you know, he was just an image. But, like, Hugh's speech, like, at Herogasm, after he apologizes, or he tells him to apologize, and it's just, you can tell it's like, yeah, you mean it now, but still... Well, yeah, because I'm like you. Yeah, you've now done a, you mean it. You've done like a. You've uh, done so much horrible shit. Well, I mean that's like why the, the HR person's like I have been in a hundreds like uh, response meetings for hundreds of hours to deal with your shit. Yeah. It's also the legend. It's so fucking like Paul Riser is <laughs> fucking great. When he goes down and fucking Homelander's banging, I mean, uh, Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy's banging the two old, like, housekeepers. Yeah, the housekeepers, because he has a, I guess, a. An old gra- lady fetish. Granny fetish. I can never fire him. <laughs> I can never fire those. That bed has seen two jacqueline's. <laughs> <laughs> He's so fucking good. Like, uh, 
he's such a good character. Um, yeah, because I mean, he looks like he they they kind of made him look like Stanley, but he's like just an no, old he's not he's not Stanley. He's my guess. He has to be betraying. Um, God, I can't think of his fucking name. The the boy stay in the pictures, dude. Big sunglasses. The uh, Confessions uh, of a Dangerous Mind. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. No, fuck. I don't think that. No, I don't think it's that. No, that that was the Gong guy. Hold on, I will look it up. Robert Evans. Is it yeah, Robert Evans? I think. I mean, he does kind of resemble Stanley somewhat, but, you know. No, his, the way he's talking, yeah, like no, his the way stories. He's talking, yeah, it's, he's like an old Hollywood. He's the he's Robert Evans. Yeah. The producer. Yeah, he's did, just like an old school Hollywood producer who's got like dirt on everybody. And Jesus Christ, some of the stories he tells of like the shit he's done. <laughs> um. But yeah, he's produced like huge fucking movies. Um, so yeah, it's um, probably right after this we're gonna watch. Yeah, the finale. Uh, then you get to the the major thing of the weekend. Um, Stranger Things, the second half, episodes eight and nine. That really could have been episodes eight, nine, ten, and eleven. You could have you could have divided that last two and a half hours into three episodes. <laughs> yeah. But again, if you like, I don't understand people who go complaining about the episode length. It's like you're already binging the shit. What's the difference to sit? Like they could have made all of it one episode, and you just sit and watch it. No, the the problem is at least when you finish an episode, it's only an hour long, and then you can take a break and blah blah blah. Right, it's digital. You can hit pause. pause. I know. Walk away. <laughs> but if you get invested in an episode, you you end it for the long haul. Um, there was no need to take these last two episodes in. Yeah, wait, there was no wait reason a month. to split them. You could have just fucking kept. So it the- I think a lot of people like the rumor is they had to finish the effects for the end and they said they were adding stuff up until release so that might have been why they were doing the, the, the delay supposedly they were spending like game of thrones money this season per episode i mean it's fine like again it's one of the show it's the show that put netflix over the top like that like yeah. stranger things is the netflix show that that did it like I can't even think of another show that is just so synonymous with Ozark. Because originally I haven't even gotten through the last season. I like I fucking I conked out like episode three, and I'm like I'm not liking the way this is going. So the original record before this last two episodes of Stranger Things, the Ozark had like the the most streamed in 24 hours or something like that. Yeah, because I mean everybody was wanting to see how Ozark was gonna fucking end, but then I heard yeah. like it ends horribly. That's what I heard. Um, I can't think of any other like Squid Games. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so net, so Stranger Things is like the OG Netflix. Because I mean, there's all kind of like I watch all kind of shit that just says net. Like, is Netflix produced that Netflix is producing? I watch all kind of shit all the time. Because I think there was only three sh- three Netflix things. That yeah, because originally when when everyone got on the Netflix game, it was all other. Con- all the other production companies content and then they started doing their own because I think the most streamed in 24 hours is Stranger Things 
Ozark and Tiger King. Um, oh, to break a billion views as like some weird stat, but it's the um, Squid Games was more of a slow burn phenomenon. Yeah, because it stayed on the charts for a Cause, while. Because it came out and people never started talking about it until like probably a week after. Mm-hmm. It's like when people started watching it. Um, but yeah, the the last two episodes could have been. I mean, I'm fine with the length. I just i I had no problem with the length. Um, because where did the the where did the eight, episode eight end? Um, them. Fuck, why did it end? That's what I'm saying. Like, it could have just been... Because that, that, the first episode was like an hour and a half. They're it, making a plan? Episode eight was an hour and a half, and then the other one was two and a half hours. They could have just put up, put them up together, like, as one thing. Because I can't... That's what I'm saying. I don't... I can't distinguish where episode eight ends and episode nine starts. Did it end in Russia? I don't know. I don't remember. Like, I can tell you what happened probably from the beginning of episode eight to the end of episode nine all together because at some point no episode eight had to have been all in the bunker i think most of it in the bunker hmm. uh, and them trying to find the bunker but yeah it's so I don't like the split up, how you have three separate groups in completely different areas of the of the world. I mean, it, it, is that a was that a story choice or was that a COVID thing? No, nah, I think that's a story choice. Because the Russia thing has to happen because he gets kidnapped by the Russians, so that has to happen. So now you have to figure out. All right, so somehow they have to play Wait, into the big infight. Oh, excuse me. I think it was better with the kids by themselves with no... Like, I think it was better, like, the main group... Well, I mean, that's like we said when we were talking about the first half of the season. It would feel cheap to me if Eleven came in and defeated Vecna when it was Eddie, Steve, Nancy, Robin... Dustin and like they were doing the bulk of the work, but also, how much money they spent on gas? They could have just bought a plane ticket and fucking. Well, no, because they they had. I think they said they only had they had enough to send her. Like they had enough. They had enough. They were trying to get a plane ticket for. I guess for. No, they were trying to get a plane ticket for her. Oh, I take it back. They had. They only had like. A very limited time, and they couldn't they couldn't get a flight that was um, that would have made it there in time. Yeah, so they because they were like, can we get just get like one of our like the one like like he was like my sister needs to go. It's like also you couldn't call somebody's house to talk to a parent to like hey listen, really like. Um, well, I no, because really the need only to sp- one they could the only one that knew who would have known what was going on was Joyce, and she wasn't there. No, I'm talking about like just say, "Hey man, is Dustin home?" Yeah, um 
Oh, Mike, yeah, Mike could have called his own parents. Yeah. Tell Mike. Again, that's why Erica, I'm kind of thinking it tell, wasn't a story Lucas. decision. Um, it was a COVID decision. It's like, hey, don't do this plan until we get there. Yeah, I think that's what it, I think that's why it was a, we can't get everybody. What's going to be easier for us to shoot in small enough groups? So if you say you filmed all the, like, say, 11 and Mike shit, like yeah. the West Coast shit early, which is why you the only big scenes you had was like the roller rink in the the courtyard, the school. Yeah, like the school, the hall. I mean, even the hallway was kind of you could still kind of probably control, but like the outside in the courtyard and the roller rink was where the most people were in that. Otherwise, like I've been on set with like the quite a bit of people. The cafeteria scene. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I've been on, you know, you you can control that from a COVID standpoint. Because everybody, the minute the fucking camera stops rolling, has to put that fucking mask back on. Which I find hilarious. Like, bruh, we're just, leave, like, why do we, like, but they would, like, the minute the director yells cut, the mask go back on. <laughs> um, And also, like, this season, there you can also say, like, some stuff was pointless didn't really need to be in the movie in, in the series um like we talked about earlier with sullivan the military dude i think again i think it's just a story point like because i don't think there's going to be a time jump i think it's going to roll straight into what was the sheer po- purpose of the boyfriend jock he has to show up and kind of this is all deterrent the, well, no, it, it, it's it, it's it all boils into the uh satanic panic like that's literally what they were trying to I do get this it. season but he doesn't really do anything he rolls up the fucking townspeople in that one little speech and that's about it and then he gets to the house kind of fucking distracts lucas well, yeah because if i mean he and ultimately then he, dies. he ultimately yeah he dies and he gets what he like he gets what he deserves but he is the reason why Max gets fucked up. No. Yeah. He if he if he wouldn't have shown up, the plan was the minute I start levitating, the headphones go back on. That was the plan. He was supposed to sit there and wait. And if she started to go up to float, he was supposed to put the supposed to put the headphones back on. How he's gonna reach her that high? Well no, that's why he was supposed to be sitting with her, like mm. Like, oh, okay, as soon as she starts moving, as soon as he she starts moving, the headphones go on. That was the plan. Yeah, <laughs> so you needed that one character that has to mess up the. I plan. mean, it's him. It, it's Lucas having to confront like this is the popularity you wanted. Like this dude is a dick. He's an asshole. But this is what you wanted. You turned your back on all your friends. You kind of turned your back on your girlfriend. All the Hellfire other club members, basically. <clears throat> disappear well, i mean none of them are important and then it's like like they like so did one of them give up eddie when they went to the garage yeah they had to because the people were going to beat him up the drummer like he was going to break his hand it's gonna yeah. like or whatever but i'm like they put up more of a fight you know i'm like that's the but so I mean that's basically what they were doing. They were like, it was a a story about fucking herd mentality, and it was it was the uh, what the Halloween this past, last Halloween movie done better. 
Because it's the same thing. Anthony Michael Hall, fucking evil dies tonight. That's like literally all this was, except it wasn't as cheesy. So basically, from now and from the end of time, <laughs> um, whenever you think of Eddie Munster, Eddie Munson, Ed Munson. Munson it's just going to be like, oh, he murdered that fucking poor cheerleader Which girl. Which is why I think... Nobody will ever know Again, the truth. this is why I think no time jump and shit. He will get redeemed somehow. Yeah, he did by sacrificing no, 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 no. sacrifice like, himself. I'm talking about like... That speech at the end with Dustin and, and his dad. I, that's, for his, that's for his uncle. That was for his uncle's oh, own uncle. good. I think at was some it, point... I thought it was his dad. No, it was, it's, it's his uncle. Okay. I think at some point, like... Once shit gets like it will come out like that. No, like he had nothing to do with this. Because again, we've all conveniently <laughs> forgot the fucking lab on the outskirts of town. I thought that got, but well, it was still still there. Yeah. So I think you're gonna get like Eddie's gonna get re- <clears throat> like his name is gonna get cleared somehow. Somehow. Because again, we didn't see his body. He's dead. He ain't going hit like Eddie's dead. Yeah. But you know, you don't know if Vecna can't like fucking also, animate his body or also Papa in season one was attacked in off screen by a demigod and, and you would automatically assume, yeah, he's fucking dead. Yeah, but again, you didn't see And then he comes you didn't back. See, you didn't see his body you didn't see him get attacked and he killed. comes back, he has no fucking scars on his face or anything like that. Which is why people are like, Oh, you lived through that gunshot. No, <laughs> Um, and plus the directors already came out and said, Again, yeah, he's that, dead. Like this is, <laughs> so I'm like watching that scene, right? When, you know, Papa gets shot and I'm like, he shouldn't be a lot. Like that should have killed him. There should be no death scene. Yeah. Like if you want to kill him, like gut shot him and then he can do the whole, oh, uh, uh, no, I did this for you. Like. The dude had a hole in the center of his chest. It's from behind. It's also funny that he wants that one last moment with Eleven. Eleven was like, "Nah, man, fuck you. I'm not gonna." Well, yeah, because I mean, we saw what she was gonna. She, we saw, we got to see what she had to tell him. Yeah. Like, no, you're the monster. You didn't. You didn't do that. Like, you're the monster. Because she, again, she got to remember all the other kids. It's and also you did this to one, and then one killed all the other kids. The one thing I hated about that, especially the last episode, is how the Duffer brothers forever, for like the past week or two leading into the episodes, was just like, don't get attached to characters. Somebody's going to, people will die um, and all this all this stuff. And then they framed it when Eleven is I mean, they all, trapped every, by Vetna. Every character gets the every stereotypical like will they survive yeah it's that cliffhanger it's that season finale of like yeah we have to renew these contracts so we're gonna put them in this dangerous we're gonna make it look like they're gonna die so we can easily write them off yeah i mean every character gets that in the show this season which is i'm fine with and then then only one person dies i mean fucking max is dead she's a vegetable she's technically still alive but yeah, she's fucked she up. Died. She died. The only reason the thing opened is because she died. If you want a fucking Metallica reference, she is fucking Johnny Get Your Gun dude in the fucking um, no. bed. No. 
Eleven no. goes into the void oh, and cannot find her. She is dead. Max? Yeah. She's in the hospital. Her body's alive. But yeah, that's like, what she I'm, has yeah, she that's Johnny get your like that dude was alive. I'm, yeah, but he can move his head, but he can't move his arms, he but can't he, see, he can't but, hear, can't do nothing. No, you but literally, he had brain activity. Like she has none. Like she is a vegetable. Is what I'm saying. Like all Eleven did was reanimate her body. How can she even? Aff- how can that family afford to keep her alive? And fucking, <laughs> um, because she's breathing on her own. Like she's just in the hospital. That's impossible. There is no fucking way. You literally, she can't see anymore. Oh yeah, she would have been. If she'd have lived, she'd have been fucked. She got arms. Her arms, like arms she'd have and been, legs. Have, she'd have been in cast for like six. She'd have been in cast for six months, and then like she would have been permanent. She was permanently blind. Yeah, she's permanently blind. She's the fucking lady with the German Shepherd from the Beyond. Um, but the whole fact of she's never gonna walk unassisted. Like she probably walk again, but she's it's gonna be fucking awkward as hell. Like and she might. She's gonna like, have, depending on how bad those brakes were. She's gonna be part metal for how many rods they're gonna have to. Oh put yeah, in that's right. Yeah. She would have never been the same. But that's what I'm saying. Like the, it would have just been like. Why the fuck did you just not let me die? The ritual activated because she died. It's also, it's just, <laughs> oh yeah, Eleven's got this power now. She can fucking bring her back to life. But I think I think that's what it is. It's just like, because. Eleven didn't bring her back to life. Eleven reanimated her body. So she's now got to deal with that. Like I, there is a, my, my friend's corpse is basically alive, but she's gone. Hmm. I did that. I am putting everyone through this torture of thinking Max will. I think that's really what it is. Like she's going to know. She knows Max is never waking up. Ever. And everyone else is going to be sitting there hoping. No, I I can guarantee next season there's going to be some some miracle or some new fucking way she's going to come out of it. So then I will cuz you have- I will wholeheartedly shit on it because then Technically, she shouldn't have died. You have to... The ritual shouldn't have happened. You can't have that character. You basically... This whole season was based around Max. And her... Yeah, because she was the last piece... She was the fourth piece to fucking start the ritual. No, it's not that. It's the fact of, like, her dealing with shit from last season. And then... um, Which is why Vecna was able to get his claws into her. Yeah. And then... I think it would have been better if all the other three would have been characters that we saw in other seasons. No, it's just throwaway characters. Yeah, because we get... Like, even with the cheerleader, whatever, we don't need to see what your hang-ups are. Chrissy. Yeah, the the, the kid with the, the car accident. Like, uh, we should... Like, that's something... The one other black kid in this whole fucking town? No, 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 no. The, the, the white kid that was with Nancy. Oh, oh yeah. Like, dude... There was a car accident. You left somebody to die. Like that's something that he hits. would have been no like that. Like you could have done that with another character and had something that they did. Black uh, nerd. Yeah, those seven people in seven black people the in seven, town. The seven black people that you and, see and, in. and the, the the military general doesn't count. <laughs> oh wait, uh, I thought I did see. Uh, uh, I, I thought I did see more. In the last episode. I'm sure it's scientists and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and, you know, other, like, just random-ass town people. But, like, featured characters. Yeah, there's only 
I don't think there's no Latinos. No. Again, you got to also look at it like this yep. is like Indiana in the 80s. How diverse is it going to be? I don't know. It could be. Um, Indianapolis? If this was happening in Indianapolis, okay. Because <laughs> they say, what, Hawkins is like 40 miles outside of... I have no idea. I think they were saying like Hawkins is like four, like in the newscast at the end, like 40, 60 or 40 miles outside of Indianapolis, away from Indianapolis. Also, I love this giant disaster happens in this town and you could just drive right on in. They're not blocking anything off. I mean, you just got to assume they were like, we live, you know, here's my ID. There was no roadblocks. You didn't see one roadblock. Yeah, you don't see... Again, it's one of those things where you just got to assume it happens off camera. Like what, what would be the point of adding that scene in? Of them, you know, going, no, I live here. Look, look, look. Well, it makes more sense of them going to the cabin because the cabin's in the woods and nobody really knows the cabin's there. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, so it really doesn't, like, showing somebody, like, trying to get through a roadblock in this doesn't make sense. Especially since there's clearly people who aren't leaving. It's also... Like, Mike's parents aren't leaving. Which is, I would fear the military people would just force them. It's like, no, you have to leave. You can't. Well, I mean, as things probably get worse, you'll see that. No, it's the fact of it was two days after Mm -hmm. all this happens that the military would just come in. It's like there's gas leaks, the possible fires, the cleanup, the unstable buildings and stuff like that. And it's just like, we got to get everybody out of here unless you explain it that they're far enough away outside of town. Yeah, I mean, we don't know where everyone is. But then I did notice so after that after that episode, I'm like, I told Teresa, I'm like, you know, the promotional art for this season was an overhead view of the town with big red lines through it. Well, yeah. Also, there's like they did on each episode had its own poster. What I'm talking about before the season started, like all the mm. promotional, but like was literally the town the way it was at the end. Mm. So they gave away the finale without anybody even thinking that's what it was. Yeah. And then the Eddie sacrifice was kind of, I mean, there was honestly, it was, which is why I think there's going to be more to the, with the character next season. I would hope like if I'm writing it, I'm like, okay, because we don't, they don't bring his body, the body back with him. Clearly, Nancy and them had to come back to the trailer to get out. I'm assuming, or well, they just jumped in the fucking hole. It's also, um, if you're gonna shoot somebody with a shotgun, you aim for the head. I mean, it's she was going. They, they the the Duffer brothers were doing the Halloween. No, the uh, Terminator. T2 thing. Um, But it's like the scenes, you see Dustin in his scene when when Eddie dies. The really gut-wrenching scene would have been watching Dustin walk away from the dead body. Well, if anything, Dustin... Or Nancy and all of them showing up with him still by the body. And then all of them having to deal with the fact that we did all this to clear Eddie's name and save the town, and Eddie's dead. Um, 
Well, there's no way to clear his name. There's absolutely no way anybody's going to believe, yeah, this demon fucking dude. Yeah, well, until he shows up. Like, then... If they if the plan would have went as normal and Vecna was dead, how are you going to prove it? You're gonna yeah, carry, that's what I'm saying. Like, if every, like body. Now, now it's one... Now now everyone will get to see it. You know, they will get fucking the flight of bats Eddie Monster, Eddie Monson will now live in infamy of every youtuber or podcast true crime well i mean that's like yeah because they're gonna like, be like the guy who opened the hell pit no no it's not even that it's the guy who killed a fucking cheerleader well, no, because her body the, the news, and disappeared without a trace well, no because the news was they were all blaming him for killing all three of them like he got blamed for all three of the murders yeah and it's it's gonna go down for the rest of time like now if that thing really, like, like, if in, that really did happen in the 80s us now, there would have been so many podcasts and so many true crime documentaries. And then the news was saying that he sacrificed them and opened the pit. Like, the news at the end of that last episode was saying, like, Eddie opened the pit to fucking hell. That's why Mike's dad's like, oh, the news. Uh, can't tell the difference between the news and tabloids anymore. Ted, Mike's dad's, like, so fucking just... Whatever. <laughs> I'm over all of this shit. <laughs> Yeah, they really tried to push her, his mom last season with the Billy affair mm-hmm. and all this other stuff and the possible leaving the husband type of stuff. And they just did nothing with them. Well, I mean, because when you kill off Billy, then... No, I mean, like, they... You oh, yeah, she was tired even, of his shit and that. Yeah, Billy even did anything. You were at the breaking point of leaving him. Yeah, now, yeah. Everything's fine. Yeah. Again, I, I think that's the kind of... Those are the kind of small details that they miss. And then there was no point. There was no way to pay that off this season. There's just too much stuff. Like you had to cram in this one season. Yeah, that, like, that's what I'm saying. Like there was no way to pay off any of that stuff with her and him this season. And then the plan of. Because I mean, you could still pay it off in season five where he's like, I don't care. I don't believe any of this. I'm not leaving. And she's like, well, I'm leaving you. Yeah. Where she takes this, the little, the, 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 the younger sister. You know, and Mike and the younger says, well, tries to take Mike because Mike's not going to leave. And then leaves, you know, Ted alone. Poor Steve. I'm telling you, bro. They got to pay off Steve some kind of way. That or he's going to, Steve's going to do the ultimate dad thing and sacrifice himself for everybody. For Dustin. And for Dustin like, can be even more traumatized. Yeah, like Dustin's done lost his, both of his older brother figures. My two dads, one of them. Yeah, because I mean, basically, they, yeah, he had the same kind of relationship with both of them. I think more with Steve. Because well, Steve, yeah, it was like Steve's a father figure, and then longer. Eddie was like an older brother. Because when he's sitting there watching Eddie play the Metallica song, like when he's watching Eddie play Master of Puppets. That dude portrays very well in his eyes, like the like you would look up in admiration at somebody, like that would that look like genuine admiration for someone you look up to in that scene. It was it was crazy. Also, of course, because it's the eighties and it's the nostalgia Duffer brother, the Conan the Barbarian sword somehow was in Russia. What well, I mean, it was. It, there was all kind of hand weapons. Yeah, I know that they were using, but the fact that there is a 
legitimately usable Atlantean sword there for him to use. And then he does it like... And then it's... Because Double Toast is like, he had form. I'm like, no, bro, go watch the way he swings through. I'm like, he didn't have form. And it's also the fact of like the the music mix of, of course, Kate fucking Bush's song mixed in with the synth Stranger Themes type theme. Um, yeah, but again, like, so I do remember how episode eight ended because I made, I, the minute I saw it, I'm like, oh, they play it now. Episode eight ended with them all going to their spots and they were playing the journey the version of the journey oh, song yeah. I told you. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. fucking awesome. And then I'm like, cut it off right before it fucking kicks in. The synth part? Like, no, like where like the fucking heavy guitar and shit would oh, okay. kick in. Because like, it's, not, it's, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's that long because I have it in my Apple Music. I mean, it is a fucked up day that you lose your vehicle in your house at the same time. Uh, Oh, you downloaded the soundtrack? No, this is just this one song is on here. Yeah, it's two minutes and 44 seconds. And it fucking, like, because it's the, it was what played on the original, like the original trailer for the season was that. And then they wait till the end of episode eight when everyone is getting into their positions around the world to play it. Uh, Yeah, so Kate Bush making Serious Bank. Um, from royalties from this downloads, iTunes and all that. I mean, she had she probably got a crap ton of money from Netflix yeah. to have that song in the show in perpetuity. So she was she doesn't she's like Zeppelin. Except there's a cover, there's a band on Octane that covered it. So either it got covered a long time ago. Oh, run up that hill. Yeah. So it's either got covered a long time ago or somebody covered it within the, like the last month. So here's the weirdest thing. About three years ago, Big Boy of Outcast mm-hmm. was on was on some show, and it would just what is your top five songs or top three songs? His number two song is "Running Up That Hill" by Kate it's Bush. It's got like the chorus and the he is, is it's it's really it's the it's that fucking chorus hook you know whatever like that's marketable. The rest of the song. Not so much. Apparently, like when he was a kid, he would be riding his bike, listening to that fucking song over and over, and that he just loves that song. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's that that fucking that that chorus of like you, it's up tempo enough to not be like uh, like a lot of '80s music like that was. So what's funny is I was watching um, Mojo did a countdown of like top. 10 or top 15 um, weirdest moments from top of the top of the charts. Mm-hmm. It's a British, basically American brand stand, but British. And so, um, so I watched that and then other top of the chart uh, videos popped up. And then one was the top 10 greatest performance on from them. And Kate Bush was one of them. It wasn't running up. This is before running up that hill. This is like when she was like 19 mm-hmm. in the early 80s and um, hitting all these fucking high notes and stuff like that. 
but yeah, apparently she's she doesn't license her songs for anything. Oh, uh, but I mean, the, yeah, it's what I'm saying. Like, there, so there is like an uh, it's on Octane, so it's a rock cover of the song. And we were driving in the car the other day, and we heard it, and we're like, I'm like, this is either old from a few years ago, or this is like somebody got permission to cover this shit within like the last month to cash in. So she's making a shit ton of money. I mean, that's what happens when you you have something that connects the a a big cultural fucking thing. Yeah, and, I'm and sure. again, Netflix probably had to pay her a good bit of money to fucking use it in perpetuity. Fucking Wuchimaniki didn't want to like they wanted uh for Final Countdown for Daniel Bryan they weren't only gonna let AEW play it twelve times a year. And I guarantee you they weren't going to let them use it in perpetuity for digital. So. I got to imagine Master of Puppets probably just over the weekend skyrocketed up the uh, U-Tunes probably rock so. and metal. Where uh, is this shit? Well, you can buy this shit on like Apple and shit? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it probably did. Yeah, because I bought all their stuff pre-Black Album. <laughs> I don't have anything past the Black Album. And the only thing I have from... None none of their albums past the Black Album are worth buying total. There's songs here and there. Yes. The Black Album, there are a handful of songs. Because mainly is when that, al- when that album came out, that's an album you listen to from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Everything. So you know that whole album. I just recently went back because I watched... There's the Chasm... Um, there's a YouTube channel that I watch who reacts. She's a uh, opera singer and she's done tons of uh, voice acting work for computer uh, video games and stuff like that. And she's an actress and she does reactions to metal songs and stuff like that. And um, she just recently did one uh, chop suey. Mm-hmm. And then I just completely forgot. It's like, man, I don't have any of those system of down fucking mid two thousands, early to mid two thousand system of downs. The toxicity, um, mesmerize, hypnotize, steal this album. I'm telling you, this why I was on eBay looking up like uh, movie soundtrack CDs because those are the hardest ones to find on streaming. Yeah, because you got to get all those. Artists. Yeah, so those are the hardest ones to find. Like, I can go find, like, individual songs from other movies. Like, I don't need to buy the entire Drop Zone soundtrack for When Will We Fall Down. I can just go get that one song. It's, like, one of my favorite movies. Wait, what? Drop Zone. It's Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes? And the dude from uh, Last Starfighter. And they... The parachute movie? Yep. Oh, the fucking skydiving movie? Yeah. That's right around town. Fucking Charlie Sheen did his. No, didn't fucking. Didn't Sean Connery did a fucking movie like with Russell Snipes? No. I don't know. That was like we that we like when Wesley Snipes was kind of like a semi bankable star. Passenger 57. Passenger 57. White Man Can't Jump. Drop Zone, even though Drop Zone was on the low end of like 
that that was that's that was that 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 era. It's so sad. They but were... that's a is that a filter? Like I can't remember. No, that's Toad Wet Sprocket. Is the oh, main Jesus. like that's what I'm saying. I was like a Toad Wet Sprocket song, and I'm like I love like that's where I heard that song for the first time, and I'm like I love this movie. I love that song. Just play that one song that everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking God, what's the name of that song? I can. I can sing it, but I have no idea what the name of the song is anymore. What? God damn it. I seen them live too. I think they were at the first Mojo Fest, which later Probably so. Which ended up becoming Voodoo. That was a great fucking like going back I and wish Voodoo is no more. Yeah, unfortunately. Um I think fortunately, because it hasn't been the same in forever. If I would have known then what I know now when I was at that concert of just like, I would have paid more attention to the concert uh, than just hanging out with my friends from high school. It was like so many, yeah, like so many bands that fucking exploded. Fucking. (laughs) So like Fiona, Fiona Apple. Before or after she got big. This is at the peak at the, at the rise. Okay. This is her first album, her big breakthrough album. Um, fucking Foo Fighters when that first album came out. God. When it was like, hey, the guy from Nirvana has a band now with that other guy from Nirvana that played guitar. Patchmere. Yeah. Um, Todorot's Pocket, fucking um, Fuel. Oh God, that would have been well before. That was well before they hit. Like no, that was like. Was no, that wasn't like I mean, Jesus, no, granted, that was that first album. The oh, Jesus, yeah, that's right. Jesus, yeah, and, Jesus saw a gun. Um, fucking Candlebox, their first album. Because mm-hmm. I remember me and my friend was just singing, uh, we were like singing loud to uh, you, that song, you, yeah. Um, because I really like that song by Candlebox. Fucking, of course, there was, uh, Cowboy Mouth because they're in every fucking big concert in New Orleans. Dude, we were. I was at Infusion yesterday, and Cowboy Mouth must must have played some July Fourth thing. And this woman was livid. She's like, they were not appropriate for the kids in that crowd. (laughs) No, that drummer, literally, during the solo of their fucking huge hit song, "Let It Go." Yeah, um, he starts climbing the the trough the the truss truss, and he's like super high on top of the fucking climbing to the top of the stage where the lights are and stuff like that while everybody else is playing the song, and you're like, is he gonna fucking jump? Because he ain't gonna make it to the crowd because he's mm, he's it was back. that far deep yeah in, and we're just screaming, yeah, let go, <laughs> like just the fucking. I mean, he was uh. Like she was complaining, like they were just screaming and cursing, and it was not appropriate for children. There were children in that crowd. I'm like, the people who organized wherever you were knew exactly who the fuck Cowboy Mouth was. Yeah, I want to say Toto Rod Sparkle was there, and also fucking um, were they Possum Kingdom? Was that the name of their CD? I don't remember. Um, yeah. Okay. So we went. That was 1997. Cause, uh, dude, fucking Seven Dust is playing with Nonpoint at the Fillmore in October, and I'm like, 
So this was Hell the lineup. Yes. There was nine bands. Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. Better Than Ezra. Of, of course. course. Candlebox. Cowboy Mouth. Faith No More. Holy Christ. I don't remember Faith No More <laughs> playing. Fiona Apple. Limp Biscuit. No. That can't be right. Unless they were the headliners. They might have been. And Real Big Fish. Yeah, because Scott was, was Scott was like doing a thing and like that that because <laughs> I remember Scott was like when I went to grad night at Disney World in '98. What fucking ska band was playing that? There there was a fucking ska band playing. Smash Mouth, apparently Smash Mouth played this. Dude, Smash Mouth used to play everything back in the day. Oh, it might have been Real Big Fish that was playing that fucking grad night. Real Big Fish was the one with the the really big guy with the black hair as the lead singer, right? That's the one. Um, God, the trumpet. Uh, well, I mean, all ska bands had trumpets. God damn, what's the name of that song? Um, Never Have to Knock on Wood. Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 like, yeah. it was, was it? <sighs> now I kind of remember Faith No More. Actually, if I remember correctly, because I think we were singing, because um, I only know like two Faith No More songs. Yeah, I mean, Epic and... Uh, they did a cover of Easy. Yeah. That, that's like like two of the fucking... There was one other... Yeah, because I mean, in 97, they had to have been... There was one other song after Epic came out that wasn't as big. Um. <laughs> That's about it. And then I seen his side band open for um, his side band, Mr. Bungle, mm-hmm. the lead singer guy, open for uh, Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> and he wasn't very, <laughs> it wasn't very good. Yeah, I... Do you just yeah? What if you nowadays if you you got a song in something that's popular like fucking get them for the money, falling to pieces. You got me falling to pieces. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. If I would have known then, I would actually pay attention, attention to those fucking bands. Because yeah. Limp Biscuit, that had to been that was like first album. Limp Biscuit, Faith, yeah. Limp Biscuit, that was the good Limp Biscuit album. <laughs> yeah. Although Chocolate Starfish and Hot Dog Flavored Water was, there's like some good songs on there. Not all of them. It's weird. It's like one of those albums where you have to just skip every other song. It's like uh, Lincoln Park's third CD. You have to like ignore like the first half of the fucking record and then it's like every other song till the end. I want to say Mojo Fest that was like 106.7. Yes, that was all that that was all 1067. I think yeah. And I think it was like 20 bucks to get in or something like that. Yeah. It was like their version of Lollapalooza mm-hmm. cuz it that never came here. It nope. came here once. Dude, nothing comes like still nothing comes here to this day. Yeah. Like I'm amazed Seven Dust is coming here in October. But they're playing the Fillmore, so it's not like they're expecting a massive crowd. Gone the days of actually going to a show and having a mosh, mosh pit. 
Well, because nobody wants to be liable for them anymore. Yeah. Uh, My first concert ever was uh, White Zombie with Filter opening for them. And this is Hey Man, Nice Shot Filter, not fucking shitty pop rock yeah, radio-friendly stuff. Filter. The Yeah. Take my picture because you don't have the blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. The, the let's try and compete with Oasis filter because that was a thing at one point. Oasis versus filter in a British pop. The Like the British... Was it? Rock, yeah. Because mm. filter, filter made a shit ton of fucking records overseas. Like filter's a fucking big deal over in, in Britain. I'm surprised Three Doors Down didn't fucking play that concert. <laughs> Dude, it's funny where Three Doors Down would play. They play in Miss like I see him play in Mississippi every once in a while. I think they're from Mississippi. Yeah, Dwayne, my uncle Dwayne and him used to open for him back when my uncle had a band, mm. like back in the early two thousands. It's a little you probably show up at some bar and they're playing. It's like play the Superman song, and it's like oh no, we'll get to that because you got to end with the fucking Carl Pierce. You got to play all the other shit. Yeah, I mean they don't, they're you don't fr- start with that one. Their first album was okay, but. Like everything after, like they're one of those bands where everything after just didn't work. The late nineties, early two thousands was that heyday, like the mid eighties and the early eighties of just the one hit wonders. It was like another whole generation of one hit wonders. Like you come out, you have that huge hit and then don't really follow up afterwards. Yeah. My friend Eddie's band has, has the fucking top 40. Dresden? No, um, Eddie Tyler. Yeah, yeah. I went to high school with him. Yeah, he's got a fucking top forty hit, and what's he doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> evil, but back. <laughs> no, yeah, lie. Mm-hmm. Lie was the capitalized. Yeah, I went to high school with him. He so him. Speaking of Metallica, in in this story, so we finally got a morning news TV thing in our high school mm-hmm. broadcast yeah. shit. So Eddie, our friend Buddy, who is the drummer and a guitar player or a bassist player or something like that, got to play a song. <laughs> and what song was that? Fucking one by Metallica. <laughs> Cause it was the cool we thought they were the coolest fucking things because Buddy at the time he can play one on the fucking drums. He could do the double bass. He can do the double bass. And Eddie's fucking shredding. Oh, Eddie's a fucking great guitar player. Doing the guitar solos and stuff like that. And I just remember just sitting in fucking home room, just watching them play one. And it's a long song. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I was like, was Eddie, oh, I was a few years ago. And I was like, I was bugging it. Like, it was before he came back down, I think. Yeah, I've run into him like because he comes to Tim's shop every once in a while. Yeah, and I'm like, when are when are, when are y'all playing again? And he's like, I don't know when we can, when can we get uh when can we get a white boy singing Whitney Houston to open for us? I'm like, if I have to get on stage and sing Whitney Houston to open for y'all, get y'all back down here, I will do it. Because I mean, they again, it, it just sucks because dude, they literally probably drew as big a crowd as Nonpoint did at the fucking uh. At Wichimaniki, the last time they played. Uh, Southport. Oh. 
Like, just nobody goes to shows. And the ones that do get are like, uh, we saw Deftones at the Orpheum. We saw Lamb of God at the Orpheum. Well, that's it now. A lot of those bands that come down, they don't play UNO. Or they don't yeah, play. that's what I'm saying. Like, because they know, like, they play these other spots because, like, they can't get anybody. Like, nobody shows yeah. up for them. Even when uh, Ozzy and them came. That was at the arena. Yeah, it was like half empty. The floor was half empty. I don't remember Tool being packed. Like, Tool wasn't sold out. No, nah, Tool, I mean, the last time we seen Tool, they was pretty packed. Was it? Yeah. Maybe, I guess. It, I was, mean, also, it was also Mardi Gras. So, yeah, you had a lot of people in town. Yeah, and also, you had, I think you had parades going on at the time. Or, um, but yeah, I mean, Tool still packed them in. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, you you don't get pits anymore because nobody wants to deal with the liability for it. Roger Waters before COVID. Well, um, I mean, yeah, that was fucking packed because of who it was and you were drawing from multiple generations of people. Mind you, about five songs into the... You had a bunch of people get up and leave. You had a whole bunch of people leave because of the... Because of the imagery. The Trump stuff. Yeah, so... A giant Trump pig, pig thing. I really wish you would leave politics out of his music. What? Have you not listened to Pink Floyd? <laughs> did, did you not see the wall? Oh, God. Do you not know who Wars is? And... Oh, it's just hilarious. Like the, what people, like the people who get mad at fucking Rage. I'm like, what do you... What? Like, Rage is a fucking very political fucking band. Probably the most pissed off I've ever been was Rage was coming down with the Beastie Boys. And this would be like my one and only time to see the Beastie Boys. Mm-hmm. But fucking Mike D or MCA or one of the two had to get into a fucking skateboarding accident <laughs> and hit his throat trying to grind down a fucking rail. And they had to cancel the fucking tour. <laughs> I think it was Mike D. And then one of them ended up dying. Not, oh yeah. Not, they, not they, soon after. Um Damn, we just we don't we don't get we don't get many bands down. Cause uh Lamb of God, like the last time Lamb of God came, we they went to the Orpheum and we went and saw him. I mean, I think there was more people in that bowling alley slash concert hall when we saw him in Vegas than there was at the fucking Orpheum. Oh, you really want to piss her off? Tell her to listen to Post Malone's cover of um, Better Man. Oh, God. It is fucking bad. <laughs> but, oh my well, God. I mean, she loves pointing out the fact that all these women have their first dance is the Better Man, which is basically a song a, about a finding piece. a better man. Yeah. <laughs> she leaves. She sleeps. She leaves her fucking husband for yeah. somebody else. Um. Yeah, dude. Like, just goes like, I heard the best cover. Like, Post Malone's. <laughs> a, he's such a great singer. She'll never believe that coming from me because I can't stand Post Malone. 
oh, fuck, I'll tell her. Go get her in here. <laughs> She's probably sleeping at this point. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, I, I'm just like, it was literally if, hey, you remember when Jim Brewer used to do Goat Boy? Yes. It's literally that. It sounds like that. When he's hitting those end notes, mm-hmm. like, can't find a He fucking man. reverberates his own voice. Yes. Better man. <laughs> literally, he does that. At every fucking point of them, because he's trying to he's trying to do his impression I'll, I'll, of fucking Eddie Vedder. I'll show you the video. Eddie Vedder has a very distinctive, hollow sounding voice. So he's on the Howard Stern doing this, and I'm I'm thinking it's like, man, Howard Stern's got that fucking. It's like, hey, man, can we do a second take? Can you not be doing Good Boy? <laughs> this doesn't sound good. But yeah. You heard uh, Stern supposedly leaked the that he's gonna Doctor be Doom. like Doctor Doom. I'm like, yeah, not gonna happen. I'm like, I, what? I don't like, think that's real. Well, I mean, I could see him being in it. Like people like playing. I'm like, I don't would like. I could see Stern being in an MCU movie, and not playing himself. Like I, I would think if I was Howard Stern, I don't think you're gonna give that major of a oh, character no, to I don't think, Howard Stern. No, no, he wasn't talking about playing Doctor Doom. What is he doing? There? Like he didn't know. He was just saying. Like he said something like the voice, Doctor Doom, coming. Like because he asked Robert about how film, like how the filming schedule. And like yeah, I don't think he is Doctor Doom. No, I think he might be a more than a cameo. Okay. In Doctor Doom, is Buttman going to be brought into the? <laughs> no, I just think maybe no. like he might be playing. Depending on how I don't know how they're doing. Doctor Doom. He could be a fucking news person. Like he might be able to play in a news personality from Latvia. Yeah. He has a very Middle East, like not Middle Eastern, but like Eastern European look to him. Um, I guess quick news. Uh, James Conn passed away today. Yes. Sonny. Coleon. Look what I did to my boy. Um, he was the original Max, getting fucking whacked in the ankles. Yep, by Kathy Bates. Dude, uh, he was in like he was a fucking. He's in a ton of stuff. He was a, he he was a legit Hollywood movie star. Oh yeah, like he's, he's that rare breed of like Paul Newman and fucking Steve McQueen. Yeah, like they could be, they could play in everything. Yeah, and it wasn't them playing the same character and in his, everything. It's his tough guy, real life, also in movies. Yeah, um, raced cars and stuff like that. And I think I'm guessing his son is still on NIS. No, his son was on uh, Hawaii Five O. Hawaii Five O. That's it. Um. I still say fucking Elf is the most overrated film. A very overrated film. Not the most, but very overrated. It is an overrated film, but it is a funny... It's not... It is a funny Will Ferrell movie. I Because I will always... I will stand by. Will Ferrell is funny when there is someone to control him. When he gets to go do whatever the fuck he wants, he stops being funny and just... That's why I can't stand Step Brothers. Like, I can't. Like I well, like Talladega Nights because it's it's he's restrained. Elf, he's restrained. Nice guys, 
underrated. Yes, like very like nice guys. He's restrained. No, the other guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, the other. Yeah, the he other is guys. restrained, but he's funny as hell. Also, nice guys, extremely underrated. Yes, that is an extremely underrated movie. Ryan Gosling, Russell Crowe, and Ryan Gosling. In is it in? No, Shane Black. Um, yeah, directed it. Wrote and directed it. Um, I wish it would get a sequel. <laughs> Yeah, those were like all like those two like those were awesome characters. That was like awesome like Russell Crowe's straight man to Ryan Gosling because Ryan Gosling can play fucking hilarious, mm-hmm. uh, and he's look, always in all these dramas and shit. Look at the fucking Barbie film that's about to come out. Oh that, my god, it's got so much, but it's gonna make so much fucking money. Ironically and, and those, unironically, yeah, off of like two pictures in a. Oh no, there's been other ones of like them in like cowboy shit. Yeah. Uh, like it's going like I don't know if this is going to be Well, apparently there's multiple Barbies and there's multiple Kins. Okay. Cuz I don't know if this is going to be like the entire world is like them or if it's like a Brady Bunch situation. Oh, they're modeled where half. they are that and the rest of the world is normal. Yeah. Uh. Like, I don't know what way they're going with this. I don't know, but people are going fucking nuts. Look, as long as, like, you know what? The only thing I, I'm not even, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch this movie. All I care about is if she drives a pink Corvette. Barbie always drove a pink Corvette. Apparently they can't use, I'm a Barbie girl. No. So Aqua got sued by Mattel. Yeah. Back in the day, so that hell no, they're not gonna let them use it. Um, what else? Clerks three trailer came out. Um, I feel like it's Kevin Smith, like Kevin Smith making a biopic. Kevin Smith's making a biopic about himself, but I'm like, I think he's like taking a personal shot at me because I feel, I feel like I'm Randall. Yeah, wait until you have a heart attack and then we'll make a movie. Yeah, we'll, we'll finally get off of our asses and make a movie once I have a heart attack. Um, yeah, it's the, it's the heart attack. It's not the house exploded in a tornado and, and the bone infection. Nah. nah. It, Wayne's got to have a heart attack first. No, because... He's got to have the Kevin Smith moment. Because Randall is in his in the hospital bed hooked up to all the fucking machines and stuff like that to keep him alive because of the heart attack. Yeah, and then he's like... Let's do it. Let's make a movie. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like any big news that came out. Not really. I mean, it's kind of slow. Um, I just want yeah. Top Gun to stop making money. But I it does. I still can't believe that it does share a record with the first one. Dan what? Merrill said like. It was out of, like, the first one was, like, number one movie for a while. And then seven weeks later, it took the spot back of number one. So, like, when Top Gun came out, when it came out, it was the number one. And then, like, all summer, other shit came out and took the top spot. And then, like, that first non-summer weekend, Top Gun shot back up to the top because I guess everything had run. Did we go? So it was like seven weeks not at number one. Did we get into a fight with the Russians at the time? 
And everybody just wanted to watch Top Gun again. No, I, I, he had it's in his last like charts. Like he says exactly what movies came out that summer. The Top Gun came out, what which that, is why five eighty six. No, I don't remember. But like he said, like he broke it down. Like this movie was number one for four weeks. This number movie was number one for three. So like yeah, there was a a reason why. Um. Uh, and then basically, once all those movies had run their course, he uh, it just eighty six. Here is the Top Gun went regained number one after twelve weeks being not number one in the the summer it came out. Number one movies between, so it was the last day, the last week it was number one was June 13th, and then it got it back September 5th. Movies that were number one in between, back to school for a week, The Karate Kid Part 2 for four weeks, Aliens for four weeks. That's it, four weeks. The Fly for two weeks, and then Stand By Me for a week. And then it got the number one position back. So, they're like... Can Top Gun Maverick, you know, after summer's over, regain the number one spot? All right, that's it. That's it. See you next week, folks.